This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us, as always, is our journalist and storyteller, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. You know, it seems unsolved mysteries involving college students is a genre unto itself. We've done the cases of Brian Schaefer at Ohio State, Judy Martins at Kent State, Ron Tamman at Miami U, Ruth Baumgartner at Ohio Wesleyan, Richard Colvin Cox at the U.S. Naval Academy, Peggy Andrews at Columbus Business University, and Stuart Pearson at Kenyon College. Well, we've got another one for you. We didn't know about this one because it took place in Indiana, but thanks to Ohio Mysteries listener Mark Smalley, we can bring some attention to the now 28-year-old riddle. Of Trisha Reitler. 19 year old Trisha Reitler was from the Cleveland suburb of Olmstead Falls, one of four children born to Gary and Donna Reitler. She was a petite young woman, five foot three, maybe 105 pounds. She had brown hair with soft curls and brown eyes. In March of 1993, she was closing in on the end of her first year at Indiana Wesleyan University a small Christian liberal arts school in Marion, Indiana. She was a freshman psychology major there. She wanted to make a career of putting broken families back together. She may have been away from her own family that year, but it wasn't going to be that way forever. Her sister, Melissa, one year younger, planned to attend Indiana Wesleyan in the fall, and the girls were making plans to room together. Mid-March, Trisha went home for spring break. Her and a friend who spent their summers lifeguarding together talked about their plans for the upcoming summer. Then her dad drove her back to Indiana for the final weeks of the school year. March was a rainy and miserable month. But on the 29th, the sun came out and the temperature soared. Trisha was a runner, and she took advantage of the turn in the weather. That Monday, she slipped out of her dorm room at Bowman Hall twice to take a run. But there was also work to be done. And that evening, Trisha was focused on studying and writing a term paper. Shortly after 8 p.m. that evening, Trisha took a break and decided to walk the half mile to Marsh Supermarket on Adams Street. 
Right next door was Reliable Drug. She ducked in to pick up a root beer and a magazine, then began the short walk back to her dorm. Trisha was never seen again. Just after midnight on April 1, the phone at the Reitler residence in Olmstead Falls rang. It was the Marion Police. The residence director at Bowman Hall had called them. Nobody had seen Trisha for 28 hours. The Reitlers hopped in their car for the four-hour drive to the campus. Almost immediately, investigators suspected foul play in her disappearance. The Marion Fire Department searched a pool near the local elementary school. Police dogs from two different counties were called in to help with the search. But the fact that Trisha had taken two runs that day meant her scent was all over the area. It may have contributed to the dog's inability to narrow down her scent from that evening. Two days later, police found her jeans, shirt, and shoes in a field by an elementary school that was halfway between the supermarket and the college. The clothes were bloody. A couple of days after that, 400 volunteers assembled to help search for her throughout northeast Grant County. Horses were used to hunt along the banks of a local river. Fire departments in several area townships conducted their own searches. Newspapers described the collective search field as covering 55 square miles. Trisha's disappearance was understandably hell for her family back in Olmstead Falls. They not only had to endure all that comes with having a daughter missing, but also put up with hoaxes and harassment. In one case, four juveniles were prosecuted for making calls to Gary and Donna Reitler, saying their daughter was being held in a house in Illyria and leading police on a goose chase. Trisha's siblings, Melissa, Sarah, and Gary, mourned the loss of their big sister, 11-year-old Gary wrote about his sister for a classroom project. And in May, less than two months after Trisha's disappearance, Sister Melissa learned she had been granted a scholarship to attend Indiana Wesleyan. She turned it down, saying she couldn't bear the thought of living there without Trisha. Gary and Donna Reitler put up a $5,000 reward for information on their daughter, while also making plans for a funeral. Even though they had no body and no evidence that she was dead, they felt in their hearts that she was. Sometimes the pain is so great, Donna said, it's hard to breathe. Trisha's dad said she was a fighter. She wouldn't have gone anywhere willingly. Back at Indiana Wesleyan, the friends Trisha made that year also grieved. Her roommate, Belinda Berry from Michigan, recalled how the week before Trisha disappeared, the two roomies hosted two high school girls who were considering the university. They had given them advice on how to be safe, advice that included not walking alone at night. It was advice Trisha didn't always take herself. She was a person who liked to be by herself, Belinda told a reporter. She was very, very independent. As the months and years went by, Police responded to reports of remains found now and then, testing them to make sure they weren't Trisha. In November of 1994, a human skull was found in Marion, Indiana, by five youths playing beneath a railroad bridge. What are the chances, right? 
A day later, a forensic pathologist said it wasn't her. From time to time, billboards went up, pleading with people for information in the case. In November of 1994, police had their first real suspect. A man named Larry Dwayne Hall had been arrested in Wabash, Indiana, on a charge of kidnapping a 15-year-old girl in Illinois. But police were also eyeing him for multiple homicides. Hall grew up in Wabash, living in the Sexton House of a local cemetery where his father was the gravedigger. Investigators described Larry as being of low IQ, an avid reader of detective magazines, and a Civil War reenactor who traveled throughout the region. Hall was eventually convicted in the 1993 kidnapping of Jessica Rausch in Georgetown, Illinois. During interviews, he confessed to multiple rapes, murders, and kidnapping, 39 in all. He even admitted to killing Trisha. But he ultimately recanted them all. And even though authorities refer to him as a serial killer, and books have been written about him calling him a serial killer, he's never been convicted of a single murder. He's serving a life sentence in a North Carolina federal prison for that 1993 kidnapping that happened the same year Trisha disappeared. In 2003, on the 10th anniversary of Trisha's disappearance, her parents gave an interview to the Marion Chronicle Tribune. Justice was their second priority now, they said. Their first priority was finding Trisha's body. Not having her remains had left a hole in their lives that could not be filled any other way. I just want to find her, her father Gary said. I'd love to see justice happen, but I just want to bring her home. Mother Donna added, we're not out for revenge, not in the least. I don't even want to know the details. We just want to bring her home. That's it for our 10-minute mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full-sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. May all of your mysteries have happy endings. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Kearns and I host the Anglo-Saxon England podcast, where I cover the history and culture of England from the departure of the Romans in the 5th century to the Norman Conquest in 1066. So far we've surveyed the collapse of Roman rule in Britain, the migration of the Anglo-Saxons and the history of Northumbria from its beginnings in the mists of legend to its destruction at the hands of Viking raiders in the 9th century. I hope you'll come and give it a go.